Where was I? Greenville, Texas, team sport. That's why it's called a body ministry, amen? It's a body ministry. But this is what I, this is what I know and what I sense by the Spirit. God is stirring a hunger. He's stirring a hunger. You're not here by accident. God is stirring that hunger in you to be here because the Lord has something for you. See, we've got this thing a little bit lopsided. We look at the Word of God, and yes, there are promises for us. Yes, there are, there's a plan for us individually, but more importantly, it is to bring us together because God's interested in nations and generations. He did, when he brought you into the kingdom of God, his view was not only on you, but your children and your children's 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 children ever descended until Christ comes. He didn't just save me to save me. He saved me so that my children and my children's children may come to know him. And so I pray for unborn generations, and I do that pretty readily. But I want today, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 1, Matthew 1. And with that, I want you to go with me to the, uh, to the throne of grace. Father, we love you, and Lord, we are so grateful for your mercy. We're so grateful, God, for your kindness. Lord, every distraction is brought to nothing now. Every influence, Lord, that would seek to thwart or distract in Jesus' name is brought to nothing. Lord, we believe today that you are here to reveal, Lord, in such an awesome way, Lord God, your completed work in us. And Father, I ask right now, Lord God, that you would speak, God, to us. And Lord, we thank you as we come before you with an expectation. Lord of transformation. Amen? Now, as you look to the Word of God, we've been, last week we started this series, Living the Resurrected Life, we're continuing that. But as we are discovering the life that the Lord wants us to live. Now, in Matthew 1, here in verse 21 is where we're going. That's going to be our, our verse we, come, we launch from today. But as you look at this, this is the Word of the Lord coming to Joseph. Joseph was troubled over his wife that he was betrothed to, was with child, and something supernatural had happened. Never in the history of humanity was it ever happened before then, nor since, nor ever will be. There was an immaculate conception. She did not know a man, but she was with a child. Because the Holy Spirit had placed Jesus in her womb so that Jesus may become human, so that he may walk the face of the earth to do what we could never do and live in, in and we could never do in our fallen state, but to live an innocent, sinless life so that he could be the perfect sacrifice for all of humanity, bringing us into the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit by becoming human. Matthew 1 and 21, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The word save is a, is a beautiful word. It's a word worth looking at. I got a page of notes of the definition of that single word. That single word there is sozo. He will sozo 
them from their sins. You know, as we look at this, it didn't say that he would deliver us from Satan, though he has. He didn't say that he would deliver us from, from, from all of the, the influence around us because the, the nations that are around us that had Israel subjugated. But he said, I'm going to target the very area that has kept the people, humanity, from myself. I'm going to sozo them. I'm going to, that word literally means, well, let's talk about sin first. Is that all right to talk about sin first? Sin means to miss the mark. You've heard that, archery term. Take, a, take an arrow and you're pointing it at the target and you miss. And, and we have that, we have that definition of, of sin and that's, that's good, but it's not all of it. The word also means to miss the goal. To go wrong. Anybody realize we live in a world that has gone wrong? To incur guilt. But it also means to forfeit. It means to miss oneself. It means to lose oneself. It means to wander from the way. In other words, when you're born into a world of sin, you're not wholly who you should be separated you've lost your way you're incomplete you're only half of a whole you're not all that you need to be until the one from whom you have been made for takes up residence inside your heart he fills the house he fills the tabernacle he fills us with the knowledge of who we are in him that this word sin is when I lose myself. I, I, I just feel like you ever wake up in the mornings and you think there's got to be more than what I'm living. There's got to be more to this thing than what I am experiencing. There must be more of God that I don't have an idea or a revelation as yet. You know who's speaking to you? It's not the devil. It is not uh, the person who has a wicked mind toward you. That's the Spirit of God influencing you, telling you that there is more, and his name is Jesus. But Jesus came forth as the Lord is telling Joseph. Here, an angel is declaring it to him. He says, he will sozo. This word means to save. We get that means to heal means I'm gonna make them whole again it means to preserve it, it doesn't just mean to be made whole and to save and to heal it literally means that I'm gonna deliver them from harm and I'm gonna bring them to a safe place maybe you don't need that rescue from that past and that pain and that hurt but I venture to guess there's somebody in the house today that you want to feel a sense of peace you want to feel some safety you want to feel some security because everything around you is telling you nothing but death 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 you're not going to make it you'll never amount you'll everybody's going to find out who you are and what you've done they're going to realize how wicked you really are and if they ever really get to know you they're going to reject you but see, the Lord has come and he has delivered us 
He has delivered us out of that peril. And he's brought us to a place of safety. Man, a born-again child of God, this is good, good news. This is great news. Because you're already in the place, you just haven't fully comprehended it yet. You that are living in darkness, the great light has come into your world. His name is Jesus, and he's saying to you, you are made by the hands of God, and I don't want you there in that darkness anymore. I want to bring you in to this covenant that I want to make with you. I want to deliver you out of your peril and put you in a place of safety. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous, we'll get into that in just a minute, and the righteous run into his name and they're safe. So that when I look out now, I don't look out from the name of Sanders. I'm looking from the safe haven of the name Christ because I have been born again, I have been delivered, I have been made whole. And now when I look out in the, in the, in the wilderness, I don't have to worry because I have a, not just a refuge, I have a home in Jesus Christ. I have been sozoed. I have been delivered and brought into safety. I have been rescued from my perishing. This word also means to restore to health the one suffering from disease and to make whole. I'm not just going to deliver you. I'm going to put you in a place of safety. I'm not just going to bring you in and look at you and your brokenness for the rest of your life and all of the dysfunction that you came through and all of the peril that you had endured. And you're not just going to look there and walk around with these wounds in your body anymore, in your spirit anymore. Oh, no, I'm going to reach down deep inside of you, and I'm going to bring a healing. I'm going to heal your broken heart. I'm going to heal your blinded eyes. I'm going to heal your lame legs so that you can walk again in the freedom and in the joy. It's not just a physical, a spiritual healing. It's a physical healing as well. I'm going to make you whole. I'm going to make you whole. Oh, I don't know about you, but I won't be whole. I don't want to just have it in, 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 in the, 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 the thought of being whole. I, I'm going to have the reality of whole. And the reality of being whole is I'm free. I'm free to be me. Some of you need some freedom just to be yourself. If I get outside myself, you let me know again, okay? All right. I'm not, okay. Button my coat. I don't feel too good. <laughs> but many a person today in our world, and we see a we see it, we're seeing an uptick, to say the very least. Say, I don't like how God made me, so I'm going to be something else. Because somewhere in my past, there was a rejection of who I was in my gender. There was a rejection of who I was as a person. And so I'm going to change my person because I want to be accepted. 
I'm going to change my bed. I'm going to change who God made me to be because God must not have liked me because nobody likes me. And now I'm living in a place of estrangement because I'm trying to be something I'm not. And I never seem to be able to find my way out of this darkness. But I say to you, I've got some great news for you. You don't have to search to be accepted by things, people in the world anymore. You can find acceptance to already the one who has been accepted. His name is Jesus. So as you look to the word of the Lord, we see Sozo. He's not just delivered us, he's healed us, he's rescued us, he's restored us. He's delivered us from the penalties that were resting on our life to bring us into becoming the partaker of salvation in, by, and through Christ Jesus. Joseph, don't worry about taking Mary as your betrothed wife. The son that is in her womb is not yours. It didn't come from your bloodline. It didn't come from the, the falling Adamic race. There's a new race and a new generation and a new nation and a new kingdom that I'm raising. There's a king living in her womb. He's not just a king, he's the king. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. There is no one above him. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's going to rise and he's going to walk. And his teaching is going to be peculiar because people are looking at how they may work their way into the favor of God and he is the favor of God. They're going to be looking about how they might be accepted, and he is the acceptance of the Father. He is the one approved. But they're not going to understand until I send forth my spirit to come back to let them know that there's a door that's been opened at Calvary, and that door is meant to never be sewn back again. That veil in the physical, in the temple, was just a representation of the veil that's over man's heart. And I'm going to take that veil from the very top of heaven, and I'm going to rip it all the way down to the earth. And as much as humanity tries in the religious acts to sew that veil back up and try to come and keep a separation, we will not be separated ever again. I'm going to sozo them. I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to heal them. I'm going to set them free. I am rescuing my creation. It's good news, folks. Good news. Living the resurrected life is how we are meant to live. The resurrected life. What about the circumstances surrounding me? Oh, we can't, we, we may not in the moment be able to change the circumstance, but I assure you, if Jesus is living in your heart, you can take a nap on a wet pillow in the middle of a storm and not be bothered. You can wake up and say, guys, you got the righteousness in the boat. You got the one who is as you ought to be in the boat with you. We don't have an alarm because the Lord Father has sent us to the other side of this troubled sea. 
Even if it fills up and you drown, I'll raise you back up. Stop, stop chastising me, telling me I don't care for you. Where's your faith? Mm, I want to live that way, don't you? Look at every circumstance and say, oh, man, I get a little sleepy. I think I'll take a nap. Woo, I believe in them naps, don't you? Amen. Now, I want to I clarify. So if you go back and listen last week, you go back and listen last week, I want to clarify something I said as, you, as we look here to the Word of God. Now, getting into just a moment as we have delved off deep into this area and the subject, but righteousness of God is divine approval. It is divine acceptance. We are accepted in Christ. We are as the literal meaning of that is we are as we ought to be. We are righteous in Christ Jesus. In Jesus. Now we can live an individual mindset. There are marriages that fall because there's two individuals living in the same house calling it a covenant of marriage. Until those two individuals become one and you go from me to we, you're going to have a hard time having victory. You got to go from me to we. Now, every decision that is made is we-centric, not I-centric. Our relationship, as the Lord says, he is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. We go from a me to a we. Now the decisions made are because he's the head, he's in charge. Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? I've got opposition coming at me. Lord, how do you want to take care of this? Lord, what do you want to do? Which way do you want to go? How do we, which furnace do we need to go in today? Where will your victory, Lord God, be today? It's not a me, it's a we. But see, too many today in the body of Christ are living their Christian existence in a me mindset. I'm sourcing this thing. I'm empowering this thing. I am, it's, it's about my faith, it's about my obedience, it's about my abilities. Or is it about his strength, his power, his might, his glory, his purpose in me to become we? So in order for you can bring up that next verse, if you will. I think I need to go there first. In order for Jesus to sozo us, deliver, rescue, set free, make whole, bring help, the only way that would be possible, because he walked in that reality, in order for you and I to walk in that reality, to become something we were not, he had to become something he was not. 
2 Corinthians 5.21, I encourage you to memorize, learn this scripture. For he made him, he being the Father, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, he knew no sin, to become sin for us. To be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. What is the definition of righteousness? Well, it depends on how many verses I know. It depends upon, you know, how often I attend church. It depends upon, you know, how many times I witness. It depends upon, uh, you know, how many spiritual calisthenics I go through. No. Righteousness is divine approval, divine acceptance. It is being in right standing with God because of what Jesus Christ has done. That's, that's, that's righteousness. And it gives us the privileged ability to walk into the presence of the Father without fear, without an inferiority complex, without anxiety. He's our Father. We're His children through Jesus. So, in order for Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice, would you agree with me he could not have sinned. Let me ask that again. In order to have a perfect, spotless, innocent, guiltless sacrifice, he had to be perfect. And the only way that you and I could obtain a sinful nature is to be born into a world where sin had already existed. So Jesus walked the earth without sin, and he walked the earth without a sin nature do you agree disagree some of you reached in your pocket for that rock but you're gonna put it back okay see because if he sinned the deal was off but so he lived on the earth and the and Jesus said the the prince of this world has come and he has nothing in me there's no evil that he can find any avenue. Now, I made the statement last week, and I just want to clarify this. I said, Jesus walks without temptation. What I mean by that is this. See, because we see James, and in James, uh, he's, he tells us uh, that we are drawn away, we are tempted when we're drawn away by our own lust. And the Bible tells us uh, that he was tempted in all points, but without sin. So we don't need to get the two messed up. What James is saying is in our, in our nature, in our history, in our habits, in our, in our, in our heritage, we come into this world and we, we are drawn away when our, our lusts for those things begin to, begin to focus on that and we're drawn away by our, all that sin nature. But see, Adam and Eve did not have a sin nature. 
and the deceiver came. And in their, their innocent state, was they, they lost themselves. They, they, they gave up. They, but they were tempted, and in that innocence, instead of listening to the, to the obedient word of God and listening to the command of God, they gave up. They forfeited, and now this sin nature came on everybody in the world. And it wasn't that Jesus was not tempted because the Bible tells us when he went to the wilderness, the enemy tempted him. Let this, isn't it amazing how that when he's in the wilderness, the first temptation was that of bread? You ever know? Turn these rocks into bread. Use your, your, your God nature, not as a human, but use your God nature and satisfy that craving that's in you. He said, that ain't the task I'm on. I'm not here to, to satisfy my cravings. I, I'm, here to put a, I'm here to be a sacrifice. I, I'm not going to do this because of the temptation you're bringing me. Jesus, if you will bow down and worship me, we can forego the cross. This is Satan speaking. If you'll, just, if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll just go ahead and give you the, the, the authority of all the, the kingdoms that are on earth. They'll be yours. I'll just, but you've got to worship me. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just bypass the cross. Jesus said no. Now, wait a minute. You're saying, doesn't God have authority over Satan? Yes. But see, Jesus is there in the wilderness as a human. I'm waiting on the penny to drop. So he's there in the wilderness as a human, and he says, no, there's only one way, because it's not just about me. It's about generations and nations, and I'm bringing the generations and the nations back to me. And the only way that's going to happen is I must walk a sinless walk. In order for my children and their children and their generations to follow, to come back into relationship, to rescue, can I say this? He's our father, Abba Father, to rescue his babies. My baby is, my oldest baby is 30 today. I know she doesn't look old enough to have a 30-year-old. <laughs> And I look old enough to have a 60-year-old. But nonetheless, I found a proverb that I just love. It says, the beauty of old men is their gray beard. Ah, gray hair. But let me say, don't change the word. Shh. Come on, somebody come escort her out. She's distracting. I'm going over here. I feel more agreement on this side. So, doesn't matter how old your children are, they're still your babies. So when, when the Lord looks at you, he looks at you as you ought to be. He said, no, I, I won't leave them. I won't forsake them. I will go to, to the lengths necessary to bring them back to me. I, I will go and I will live in the likeness of that sinful flesh, but I won't be the same. I'm bringing forth a new race, a race that goes all the way back from the beginning, the covenant that I made from the very beginning. I want to be in them. I want to be with them. I'm going to walk with them. I'm going to talk with them. 
I'm going to make them, they're going to be ever being whole. They're going to, uh, the Lord's got a dream for you. And that dream is that you are everything you should be and would be in Jesus Christ. So you came in with this desire in your heart. Is there more? Let me declare to you, there's so much more. But the only way Jesus could do what was necessary is you look here to the Word of God. He was tempted not being drawn away by his own lust. He was sinless, and thus he had a sinless nature. He was tempted by the enemy in his innocence. Does that make, is that clear? Just like Adam and Eve. But see, we don't know other than what the Word tells us, because the Bible tells us there in Luke 4 that he left, Satan left him for another time. He left him there after the temptation. And we don't know, we only speculate that the enemy is always there trying to tempt him on one side or the other. We don't have that information. But what I can tell you is that Jesus Christ had and still has a, a sinless nature. And so he came because he never forfeited who he was. He never lost himself. He was always found. Never lost. In order for him to sozo, in order for him to make us whole, he had to be whole and approved and accepted. So when Jesus came he came as the sinless sacrifice as I look to the Word of God and as the text we drew from last week we see here how that in Luke 22 it says he being in agony in the garden he was resolving the fact that He was going to the cross to become sin. He was going to the cross to become sin. So in the garden, he's having a one-on-one -on -one with the Father. He said, everything is possible for you. Is it possible? Is it possible for this cup to pass from me? The answer was no. The only way to put righteousness into the heart of humanity is you have to become unrighteous. By placing that forfeiture, all the sins, all of the guilt, all of the shame, all of the regrets, from nations past, nations present, and nations generations forward. All of that had to be placed. So the agony in the garden wasn't, in my belief, a resistance against a sinful nature because Jesus did not know sin, thus he did not have a sinful nature. 
the agony in the garden was he was becoming what he never was. The agony was that in just a short few hours he would be hanging on a cross and on that cross he had to bear the weight of all the unrighteousness ever existed upon the earth so that you and I might be approved by God. order for him to so-so you, to make you whole, he had to bear all of that upon himself. You say, that is crazy. It's crazy love, folks. Because there's no other motivation that would cause the God of gods and the Lord of lords and the King of kings to come to this earth for God so loved, the Father so loved the world that he gave a sinless sacrifice, which is his Son, that none should perish, but everybody that would be willing to accept that sacrifice can go from a me identity to a we identity and now live in the righteous approval of the Father and they can come before the Father and they can find help and they can come, they can make a call night or day and it doesn't make any difference if the Father is engaged or something else, he'll pick up the phone because he knows this is my child and I want to hear from them. They are his favorite people. Guess what? I am the favorite of God. Guess what? You are the favorite of God. He loves us all the same. He sozoed us. He has brought us into fullness. But he did this as a human. He, the only way that this was possible was he had to walk in humanity with this divine nature this sinless nature in order to rescue us and deliver us and to set us free. He had to do that. But see, when we receive the gift of salvation, we also receive the gift of righteousness. And as we bore the image of the man of dust, now we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man now I've heard people say this as children of God I got a sin every day you hadn't come to the full understanding of the revelation of righteousness because you don't have to sin every day what about this sin that keeps drawing me away well, you, you're, you're operating from a, from a, a store bank of memories and a, and a store of, of darkened understanding because once you step into the light, now all of a sudden you're not seeking after some other satisfaction that you can find outside the bread of life. You are satisfied with the, with the freshness of the, of the satisfaction of knowing that Jesus Christ is all you need. See, so when Jesus rose, as he bore the sin, went to the grave for three days and rose again on the third day, he didn't get up a sinner. 
He didn't raise up with, okay, I'm going to give you this dual nature now. You're half sinner and half saint. So you fight the best you can. And if you do get enough points on your side, when you get to the end, we'll let you in. But only after you kick the field goal. That's 63 yards. Then we'll let you in. So we're, there's this constant rub that we're constantly living in. Fighting against flesh. Wanting to be spiritual. What I say to you, if you're warring, then what you're warring in is a false identity of me. But if I get in the weeds, I'm out of the weeds. Now Paul said there's a power that's working. It's the same power worked in Jesus to raise him from the dead. And that power is working in the heart of my children. Because that's their new nature. They're a new race of people. They're not who they were. They're not the image. They're not the, they're not the little boy that's been beaten and beaten and beaten. Oh, no. They're not a victim anymore. They're victorious. And I know that there are tracks in your mind that keep taking you back to that trauma, keep taking you back to that, to that pain and that hurt and that shame. But the Lord said, don't worry. If you'll just stick it out and keep putting one foot in front of the other, I'm going to bring you into wholeness, in the understanding standing of your wholeness I don't know about you but that's that's pretty good news you don't have to validate yourself anymore you're already validated you don't have to seek for approval anymore you're already accepted you don't have to fight against that sin anymore you just have to surrender it to the lord see as children of god you got to have this understanding we have been given the power and authority and the nature to let go see as i was a child of darkness darkness consumed my heart it was everything about me i thought in terms of darkness i, I acted in in ways of darkness i i lost myself in the darkness i was trying to find grab a, you know trying to grasp at anything that would make me feel better and so I just followed the path of, a, of, of my father, of a man of dust, and I, I smoked my first joint with my dad, and I wasn't 10, 12 years old. I, I drank my first beer, had my first shot of whiskey with my dad. I, I just, I wanted to aspire to be like my father. My father committed suicide when I was 14 years old. I thought, well, I don't want to go that far. This, this, that's a dead-end road. No pun intended. But when Jesus Christ came to my heart, standing in an altar with my hands lifted up to the Lord, God was dealing with the grief of the loss of a natural father years and years and years because you don't just always get over it in the moment. 
You don't understand the victory in the moment. But when, you, when you're in there and you're lifting your hands and you've had all these experiences and I, I'm lifting my hands to the Father and the Father spoke to me as clear as I've ever heard his voice. He said, my son, your earthly father was only a representation of who I am. He said, I am your father. George Lucas did not come up with that phrase. Mike, Mike, I am your father. I thought you might have needed a little relief in that moment right there. Why did he do it? Logic tells us he shouldn't have. Comfort says, who would? And Jesus said, I have to bring them back. Not just bring them back to them to struggle and to suffer for the rest of their life. I brought them into wholeness so that they may be whole in me. Now we follow the Father. Amen. Worship team, make your way up. I want you to stand, if you will. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Jesus, we love you. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. just wait a minute upon the Lord I just real real sense just a just a quiet whisper of the Lord he said someone in this house today you came in here and that's your thought has been this there must be more than what I'm living there must be more there's got to be joy there's got to be peace somebody in this house today you came in you're so tired you just wore out You came to this place and you said, I don't even know why I'm here, but I, I know why I'm here. I need something I can't find. And I want to be free. I just like to be free to be me. I like to be free to uh, the burden that I'm carrying. I, I just, I need freedom.
My world doesn't make sense anymore. What you're sensing today is you need a savior to sozo you, to deliver you to a place of safety, to make you whole, to heal your brokenness and your broken heart. He's going to start with you. Before he does anything else around you, he's going to start with you. So this morning, Pastor Angel, Pastor Bryant are going to come either side of the pulpit. You need to ask Jesus into your heart to say, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of running. I want Christ in me. I want to be free from my sins. There are those that are in this house today and you're children of God. And you're still walking in that darkened understanding of the disapproval that you've heard. You're trying desperately to find ways to find freedom from that disapproval, that insecurity. Andrew's going to help me in just a moment, but you're going to come to this altar. And I believe I have an expectation. The Lord told us yesterday, start praying three things. Church, I want you to start praying three things. Revelation, say it with me. Revelation, expectation, and transformation. Revelation, expectation, and transformation. Now, the revelation has come. God's for you. This is the expectation. When you come down, you will be changed. And when you walk out, you will be transformed. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, I believe, I believe that there are those that are in this house today that, Lord God, are going to wholly surrender to you. Lord God, they're going to give up their past, their present, and their future. They're going to accept the sacrifice that you have made. They're going to surrender all to you. And those of you that are right now, I want you to step out right now. If that's you, come on. Come on. Say, I'm, I surrender all. I surrender all. There's those of you that say, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to live in that more reality. I want to accept Jesus Christ. I want to be in him. I'm tired of the me mentality. I'm going to the we mentality. Come on. Come on right now. These altars are open. Open. These altars are open. Come and just accept him as Lord and Savior. Surrender. Ask forgiveness for your sins and surrender all to him, past, present, and future. Come on. Come on. God is moving in this house. He's moving in this house. Now, if you're a child of God and you need to come out of that darkened understanding into the light and you say, I want to be free. I'm not going to live like that victim anymore. I'm not going to live in that place. I'm making exchange today. I'm giving up myself and I'm accepting all of him. I want to be made whole. Come on. These altars are open. Come on. Come on. God's going to do something in you and he's going to ultimately do something through you. There is transformation that is taking place right now. I believe it. I can feel it. The worship team is going to begin to worship right now and I want you to receive. Come on. Come on. I need some folks.